Thank you, Sister Natalie. That song touches all of our hearts. If you know Jesus, there's nothing like his amazing grace. I was thinking of how proud I am of Joey and Mindy and the boys. I've known Joey for 23 years. He was a a little one. And... uh, He's very quiet. Uh, in fact, I thought uh, Brother Terry and Sister Kim were raising a mime. Amen. So he didn't have a whole lot to say. And you'd talk to him and he'd just look at you. But uh, as you can see, he's grown out of that, hadn't he? And I'm very thankful and very proud of him that God's using them. Uh, and it thrills my heart to see their children come to know the Lord as their Savior. That's what we're supposed to do. Mom and dad get saved. Grandma and grandpa, they're saved. Mom and dad get saved. And then the grandchildren get saved. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how God intended it. So anyways, I enjoyed the specials. Real quick, this isn't uh, the sermon, but... uh, a lot of folks would ask, how could a loving God allow something like this to happen to this little child? It's called free will. God loves us, but we aren't robots. He gave us free will to choose. And the sad thing is, because we have a depraved nature, because we We're born in iniquity. We make tendencies and choices to sin. And with sin, there's always going to be a consequence. So pray for that child. I pray for his complete healing. But I also pray for his father. Wouldn't touched, wouldn't scratched. He's fine. I'm not talking about praying for him physically. I'm praying for him spiritually that he'll come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. That should be our prayer. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 for our thoughts this morning. First Corinthians chapter one. Beginning in verse twenty six. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification 
and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you and are thankful for this time given us to assemble and to worship you today on your day, the Lord's day. We thank you for each one that has come out. And Lord, we just ask now as we break the bread of life that you'll speak to our hearts. Your Holy Spirit will just deal with us, Lord. Deal with our hearts and thoughts. And, and Lord, just uh, show us, Lord, there's areas in our lives that need to be worked on. We might be drawn closer to you. Above all, Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you in faith and salvation, let this be the day before it's everlasting too late. Lord, you heard the prayer requests, those spoken, those written down, those that are unspoken. We just seek to will be done with each of these requests. Father, again, pray you'll just bring to my memory those things I've studied. Just use me. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Be seated, please. <clears throat> Are we having children's chapel today? Okay, thank you. I want to begin by saying if you read chapter 1, in fact, prior to what we just read in our text, Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthians and, and he's talking about getting the gospel out. He's talking about the gospel. Well, what's the gospel? It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And God uses the means of preaching. In fact, he says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. But unto us that are saved, it's the power of God unto salvation. So he's talking about the message of the gospel. It's considered foolishness. It's a stumbling block to some. And we come to our text, and then he begins to talk about how God calls. You see, not everybody's going to receive the word of God. Sad to say, not everyone's going to listen and accept Christ. They depend on their own selves, their own attributes, their own power, their own uh, skill, if you will, to try to make themselves right with God. But listen, there's only one way that we can ever be right with God, and that's through the cross and Christ's crucifixion and his atonement on the cross. But we come to the calling, and that's what I want to speak to you about, about God's calling. I pray everybody here has been called. Not everybody can say that. But if he's called you, I pray you've answered because God is the one who chooses to call. Listen, it's his plan that all of his creation be saved. But again, as I reiterated to some, people consider the gospel foolishness. To some, it's a stumbling block. But thank God for the saved that know the power of the gospel. Amen. So, verse 26 He's speaking to the Corinthians. Paul says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Now, I want to 
say this before I even get started. Notice he says, how that not many wise after the flesh, mighty or noble are called. He didn't say that not any of them could be saved. He didn't, listen, he saves whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. But, in this category, there's just not a lot. You know why? You ever stop to think why? Because they don't trust in simple childlike faith in the finished atoning work of Christ. They trust in their own works, their own selves, their own attributes to make them right with God. And can I tell you, you and I will never be right with God if we don't know the Son is our personal Savior. We'll never ever be right with God. I don't care what you do. Now, notice what he says. For you see your calling, brother, how, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh. Wise men. That's those are, that are educated. Go to a secular university and all of those professors that are kids. And by the way, if your kid goes to a secular school, pray for them. Pray they'll stand their ground. Pray that they'll remember what they've been taught and stand for the faith. But all of those professors in those secular universities, oh, they are most learned. They are most educated. They got paper on the wall all over the place. And yet... When it comes to the gospel and God's calling, oh, no, no. You Christians that believe in that Bible, that believe that gospel, that believe in that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, y'all are weak. Y'all use that as a crutch. What's wrong with you? I want to tell you something. Nothing wrong with an education. Some of you... You are college graduates. Praise the Lord for that. But I want to tell you about simple folk. I'd rather have the simple wisdom that there is a God, there is a Savior, there is a heaven, and there is a hell than have this whole wall lined out with Dr. So-and-so. Amen. Thank God for the simple gospel. And thank God for his wisdom that he promises and gives to every born again child amen but you see the world don't understand it these are supposed to be bright men and there have been bright minds you know when I think of Albert Einstein I don't remember a whole lot about him but I was taught he was a pretty bright guy but here's the sad thing about Albert Einstein he didn't have a personal relationship with the Savior. So what good is being one of the smartest men in all the world and dying lost? Stephen Hawking, one of the smartest men God ever allowed to be placed here on earth. And yes, he had a crippling disease and whatnot, but he was very bright. But even though one of the most educated he died without Christ. What good is it? Notice, God doesn't say he won't call him, but he doesn't always 
call those that are smart. Too smart for their own good. Why? Why don't he call them? Because they had rather depend on their own intellect and their selves than exercise faith in Christ and his finished work. Amen? Now, notice what he says. Not many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. You ever wondered in the scope of things God being who he is why wouldn't he call the wise the mighty the noble I mean here in society here in life corporations governments all kinds of things they look for those that are bright they look for those that are mighty but God looks and he calls the foolish. <laughs> Think about that. He doesn't call them that according to society are equipped, they've got it, the world by their tail. But he calls the weak, the foolish. Those the society looks down on and says, Ugh, the dregs of society. Why is that? Because God knows those of us, and thank God I'm a dreg. Amen? He knows that I have enough sense to recognize there's nothing I can do to ever earn salvation or obtain salvation on my own. It takes what Jesus did for me. And for you. Amen. Now. For you see your calling brother, brethren. How that not many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. But God has chosen. The foolish things of the world. To confound the wise. <laughs> there would be those that would tell you. We're stupid. We're weak-minded. We have to use the church and the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ as a crutch just to make it. Can I tell you something? <laughs> Call me a spiritual cripple all you want to. I'm proud to be a spiritual cripple because I can't do nothing in my own strength or power. I need him to be my crutch. I need him to help me stand, Brother Ciro. The foolish and those that think that they are smarter than us, God says they're foolish. And they are because they're trusting in their own selves and abilities. And then he says, God's chosen the foolish things of the world confound the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Weak. When you think of weak, what do you think of? Well, I automatically go, think of being feeble. You know, 
the mighty, we are impressed with strong people. But God's not so impressed. He calls out the weak, the feeble. And when I think of weak and feeble, when he makes his call to them, he's dealing with them that are old. Them, and I said old very lightly so you wouldn't hear because most of us are old. But he calls out those that are old. Those that have health issues. Those that are decrepit. Those are the weak things. The world would say, oh, you need muscles, you need strength. And God says, no, I'm going to call those that are feeble. Weak. And the world don't understand it. Isn't that sad? You see, the world looks down upon people like that. You know that old mill worker that works a 40-hour, 50-hour week, goes to work every day to support his family. And then his only day off, the Lord's Day, he comes to church and brings his family. And they worship God. Works, And he's struggling. He's barely able to make ends meet. But when that offering plate is passed, he puts in a check. Oh, you're weak-minded. You're weak. No. God has placed a call on us and we've answered that call. And that's who God does call. Notice the next part. Look at his call. Verse 28. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, things which are not to bring to not things that are. The base things of the world. The world looks down upon people Amen. You see, my sister brought up a gentleman that drinks. I know a little something about that. By God's grace, I never had an accident. But I could have. But we look down on the depraved. We look down on sinners. Forgetting that's what we were before we came to meet him. And if we're not careful, we'll be just like society and we'll look at people. Oh, I'm going the other way. I don't want to be around that. Well, I'm not there to be around it and partake, but I am there to be a light. A light. But again, God calls those that are depraved. And I don't care who you are. Yes, it's true. Some didn't commit as bad a sins as others, but we're all sinners. We all sin. We were born with a depraved nature. Verse 
And notice, brother, I took what you taught Wednesday night. We were born. We weren't created. Adam and Eve were created. But we inherited the depraved nature. And because of it, we're separated from God. And if God wanted to, he could say, you know what? Mm Mm-mm. But long before he created the world and placed Adam and Eve in the garden, God already had a plan to redeem his creation. And I'm thankful. But there's folks on the bottom rung of the ladder. And we tend to overlook them. We tend to judge them. Well, he's a dope dealer. Yeah, he's a dope dealer. You need to win him to Jesus and get him out of that business. You say, but it's dangerous to be around that. Can I tell you something about God? If God lays someone like that on your heart, he's going to protect you. Amen? Hey, heard me tell it before. When I was down there feeding the homeless, I've had knives pulled on me. Guess what? I ain't got a scar. You know why? Because God watches out for his children. He does. <laughs> Poor old Jim Bennett, bless his heart. <laughs> Brother Jim was the missionary pastor at Wagon Well. Brother Jim wasn't a little man. You think I'm pretty good size? Brother Jim was a big man. Anyways, this fella came in and he you can't feed the homeless here. I said, we've been feeding the homeless here ever since I've been doing it. Yeah, we're going to start unloading the truck. He said, no. And he started trying to stop some of the guys that helped set up stuff. And I said, sir, I'm telling you, quit hassling us or I'm going to go to the guard shack and I'm going to have them call the law. Well, the next thing I know, this guy starts cussing me and he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out this knife. Brother Jim, oh my Lord. I said, Brother Jim, just hold my glasses. He goes, what are you going to do? I'm going to slay the Philistine. I have no problem. He goes, you can't do that. And anyways, he had one of the homeless guys run over. Well, on Bonanza, uh, there's always a police officer. Guard got hold of this police officer, and I kid you not, it seemed like 15 seconds, here's a car, squad car coming in. Well, you know what police do with these guys. They grabbed him, threw him up against the car. They were rough with him and said, you don't be hassling this guy. And they threw him in the back of the vehicle, and he goes, you want to press charges? He's threatened you. I said, can I just talk to the guy? He goes, why would you want to talk to him? I, I go, just, can I have a couple minutes? Let me talk to the guy. He goes, well, you can't get in the car with him. I said, well, duh, no, I'm not going to get in the car with him, but will you roll the window down and let me talk to him? And all I did was say, listen, I don't know what got your dander up, but we share the gospel. Yes, we share a meal, but we share the gospel, the bread of life. And I go, all I'm trying to do is help everybody here. I go, if I come here, are you going to do this every time I meet you? Because if you are, then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to sign a form and have them put you away for a little while. 
But I go, if you'll just let me do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to tell them to let you go. And he looked at me. All right, preacher. And you know what happened the next week? He's out there waiting, and I'm going, oh, my Lord. You know what happened? Pulled in the van, jumped out, opened the back doors. He was grabbing tables. He was grabbing the coffee pot and everything else. You say, oh, boy, you're tooting your own horn. How? No, no, no. I give God all the glory. A soft answer turns away wrath. And here was the guy, could have went to jail. But no, God also laid it on my heart. Hey, I don't know, maybe he had a bad day. We don't know why he was in that mood. But I'll tell you what, the gospel and the call of God will always make a difference in any life. Amen? Even those that are on the bottom rung. Society looks at the homeless and they think to themselves, what good are they? They're useless. All they want to do is drugs. All they want to do is live off people. If it wasn't for the grace of God, that would be me. And you. You see, again, God calls out to those very folks that are on the bottom rung of society. And then the word of God says, the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to not things that are. Let's talk for a second about those that we would consider as low as you can get. And what I mean by that is, yes, I said it earlier, we're depraved, we have a sinful nature, but I'm talking about those that are pedophiles, abuse children, those that are homosexual, lesbian, the transgendered, course we got our wires crossed today everybody wants to embrace that today but God's word is the standard what was a sin 2,000 years ago is still a sin to God today he doesn't change he's the same yesterday today and forever but listen to me that doesn't give us a right to condemn and judge them our duty is to share the love of Jesus with them. Don't condone them. I'm not going to, hey, let me hug you and let's go to dinner. Nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fellowship like that. But I will go out and say, you know what? God loves you. Can I show you what the Bible says? I'll take the time to share Christ with them. And if they get saved, then we'll start fellowshipping. We'll be doing a lot of discipling. Amen? But society looks at that. But do you understand? Even as bad as they are, God still extends his call. It's hard to fathom. But aren't you glad? He calls. 
And then notice what Paul says here. That no flesh should glory in his presence. You get that? The world wants to glory in itself. They want to be a braggart. They want to be prideful. They want to be arrogant. Look at us. Look what we have. Look who we are. Look where we come from. What does Paul say? Uh-uh. Ain't no glory in you and me. It's all God. He and he alone. And if the world only understood what we as believers that are in Christ have, maybe they would want some of it. You see, let me tell you, riches and fame and all of this stuff, it fleet, it's fleeting. It's not going to last. But those of us that have answered the call of God, he's given us eternal things. He's given us an inheritance. He's given us a savior. He's given us a home in heaven. Praise God for that. But listen, he's done it all. Not you and me. So there's no reason for us to try to take credit for it. Or glory in it. Because it's just the grace and mercy of a loving God. Can you imagine? It needed to be said because the Corinthians, Paul was dealing with Corinthians that thought, again, the gospel was a stumbling block. It was foolishness. Only those that were noble come from great families had that bloodline. Only those that were wise, that had worldly wisdom, and only those that were mighty. They are the ones that we should be bowing to. (laughs) Kind of like it. Y'all remember growing up recess? And the teacher would say, we got to pick a couple captains and we got to pick some players for this game, whatever it is. Y'all remember that? Red Rover, Red Rover, Rover. Uh, I remember Mrs. Heller, bless her heart. She earned her pay with me. That's all I'm going to say. I remember her one time's recess and she goes, Tony, I'm going to make you captain. And I don't remember who else the other one was, but I remember she picked out two captains. And me and Tony were good friends, and I thought, well, he'll call me first, right? That sorry rat didn't call me at all. <laughs> Anyways, he starts picking people. And I'm looking, going, I'm a pretty good athlete. I'm pretty good. I can catch a ball. I can. But I was the last one picked. And I'll be honest, it hurt me. I was mad at Tony for a couple of days. I was. What? And he just laughed. But I wasn't picked. 
And it did. It made me angry. And I felt, I I must not be worth a thing. I mean, my best friend doesn't even want me on his team. But you know what? I may not have been the most desirable, but you know, God chose me through his son, Jesus Christ. And he loves me. And it ain't based on my ability. It's not based on anything I can do. It's just his marvelous grace. Again, it's God that places the call. Aren't you thankful for the call? Look at this. Real quick, we got to go. He says, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Talking to believers who have accepted the call, salvation, who of God is made unto what? Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You see, the world says if you don't have a lot of money, and you're not able to come and go and do as you please and have all this material wealth, and you're a nobody, you don't have anything. Can I tell you what Paul just described to the Corinthians is the greatest thing a believer can possess. Amen? Think about that. Look at what he says. We have this wisdom. Wisdom enough to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're sinners headed to hell. But he gives us wisdom through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Then he says... Righteousness. Well, how are we declared righteousness? Through the atoning death of his son on the cross. He imputes his righteousness on all who receive the Savior. And then he says, sanctification. It would be nice once we got saved, we were fully sanctified. Wouldn't that be great, Brother Jason? But it's a process. He sets us aside. To service, and he changes our our motive, if you will. You see, motive before the lost person is self, me, myself, and I. I live for me. I want. I want. I want. But when we get saved and washed by the blood, he therefore sets us aside and sanctifies us. Now it's a process. We're not all fully sanctified yet, but we will be one day when we're called to meet him in glory. And then he finally says, here's my favorite part, redemption. (laughs) If you possess redemption, you my brother, my sister, you have it all. You've been forgiven. He's purchased you. You belong to him. And you'll never, ever have to worry about God being an Indian giver. Yeah, I love you because you did this today. Oh, you messed up. Mm. Get away from me. That's not God. But I'm going to close with this. Look at verse 31. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glorify. 
glory in the Lord. The Apostle Paul uses an old prophet of God there, Jeremiah chapter 9. In fact, turn over there. We'll read it together and I'll give an invitation. Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah chapter 9. Your weeping prophet. Look at what he said. He's quoting Jeremiah chapter 9 beginning in verse 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, verse 24, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, and that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Aren't you thankful for the call of God? Aren't you thankful that we can't boast anything ourselves but that just glory and that glory alone alone belongs to God so I'll close simply asking you a question one are you thankful for the call of God I sure am and secondly if God has called you, you are to rejoice. If he's called you and you've yet to respond to his call in salvation, then you are to do that. What is keeping you from doing that? There's nothing this world has to offer worth you losing your soul for. God loves you. He chooses whom he will. And he always loves, and I'll get in trouble, the underdog. I was an underdog. How about you? Could have chose anyone. But he chose us. What a savior. Oh, if the world would only grasp how much God loves them. And accept his call. So if you're here under the sound of my voice and you haven't accepted the call, my prayer is you'll do that when we have this invitation. If you're here and you've been called, you've accepted the call of salvation, you've received the Lord as your Savior, but you just want to come and thank Him and rejoice for what you have, you are to do that. When I look at this little passage here, I can't help but say, Lord, it's a miracle. Everyone that accepts your call, it's a miracle. Come and be a part of that this morning. Let's pray. Father, simple passage, simple message, but thank you for allowing me to share it this morning. Father, I don't know the hearts of those that are here, but you do. Your word tells us that you don't look at the outside, but the inside that you look at. You know our hearts. You know our needs. And Lord, I ask that if there's 
a need this morning for salvation, you'll meet that need. There's a need for baptism, you'll meet that need. There's a need for church membership, rededication, whatever the need. I pray it'll be met and that when you call, it'll be answered this morning. So Father, deal with our hearts. And may those that need to come have liberty for I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Stand with me, please.